shining bright tonight. Yeah, we're on the road. The ranch is now in North Carolina. As you know, I've been kind of on the road, uh, hitting some radio stations around the area. But uh, so we're call calling for me from North Carolina, and we got a great guest tonight. We're going up to Canada. And as you know, we're on a quest for some of the best indie country Americana music out there. And a country, again, is kind of a broad topic. It means a lot of different things to a lot of different people and a lot of near and dear things to my heart. So um, we are going to be talking to, let's bring Wally Barfay onto the set. Hey folks, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, good evening from Oshawa, Ontario, Canada. Yeah, so the great white north. Yeah, and Billy, our, we have some people listening already because we are going across seven platforms. Um, we are produced by Blast Music 24-7, which is our producer. And uh, Billy, you're right. It's a big ranch. A lot of people think country music's only in South and the America and United States. But Wally's here to tell us all about his experience because he's Canadian and a really good, talented country music artist. So let's start there. It's a big country. It's a big ranch. And how did you start with country music? Yeah, I've been listening to country music with my parents uh, ever since I was a kid going up to the cottage. You know, we would listen to country music, all, all the old, you know, classics, um, you know, Take Me Home Country Road somehow. That song would always be playing when we were driving up to the cottage. So every time I hear that song, I hear great, you know, great memories of fishing and, and just, just being out in, in the Laurentians, which is a northern part of Quebec place called Weir. Uh, we had a lake up there and a cottage and, uh, you know, and country music was always played in our house and it's, it's extremely popular. Uh, you know, we even have a local radio station here in, in uh, Oshawa. Um, you know, country music is, uh, touches us on many levels, on many dimensions. And I think what's popular about country music is the stories that it tells. Uh, you know, sometimes you just have uh, many songs, many different genres out there. Um, but country music special because irregardless of what type of genre you listen to, somebody knows some country song that they can associate with. And it, it triggers their memories and it puts a smile on their face because it tells a story. Country music is honest. And, uh, you know, the people writing the music uh, write it from their hearts. Um, so that honesty, that openness, that storytelling that you see in country music, I think that that's why it's appealing. And, uh, you know, especially you know, across Canada, you know, uh, and, and across the world, uh, you know, I, I have songs uh, playing on, on uh, you know, radio stations around the world, um, in Europe and, and, and so forth, in Australia, in Africa. Uh, all over the place, which is which is country music, which is which is wonderful to hear. You know, it just puts a smile on my face for sure. Yeah, it is really good to hear that. It's just you know, again, it's mm -hmm. the memories, it's the images that you know that it evokes. And you you speak about fishing and outdoors, and you know, everyone has their image of town and what home you know means to them. You know, that country. And it can be a powerful, powerful thing. And we were talking about that a little bit because you do a lot of work with that. Oh, yeah. I, um, well, I'm, I'm a professor here at the university. Uh, it's Ontario Tech University. And I teach in the Faculty of Health Sciences. And I teach public health and epidemiology. 
Uh, those are my specialties, but I also do uh, research related to music and dementia. Um, so, uh, you know, I got interested. Yeah, I, I, I got interested in it back in the 1980s. I was in Montreal and I was doing a, a clinical rotation there. And there was this uh, elderly woman who was really detached from her environment. Uh, you know, when you have advanced dementia, they're, they're kind of like this all day and, and so forth. And I was reading in her in her chart, in her patient chart, that she was a music teacher and she played piano. And, and she taught in a, in a high school teacher. And her daughter was there and we, she was in a wheelchair. We, I rolled her to a, um, an old upright piano in a, a common room for patients. And I put her hands on the piano and she looked at it. And remember, she was totally detached from her environment. And about four or five seconds later, you can just see that she went like this. She smiled and then she started to play and she played and she played for, I swear it was for two hours. And you can just see her face with a different person. And her daughter was crying because she hasn't seen this in 10 years. And, and music just wake us up. And if, if you take a brain scan, which is really interesting, and you take a, a brain scan of a patient who has dementia and they light up on different colors and someone who has dementia without the music playing it, it's it's there's very little colors and so forth lighting up on that scan and when you start playing familiar songs if you ask your family what type of songs and you create a playlist and you play one of their favorite songs the brain just lights up it, you can see the dopamine and serotonin levels and everything else uh, increases so um, here we have a hospital called Ontario Shore Center for Mental Health um, for Mental Health Sciences and there's a clinical demonstration unit that we set up for dementia patients and we wanted to look at some non-pharmacological ways to help them and uh, one of them was through music therapy so we created individual playlists for them and we looked at we wanted to control something called BPSDs for short which are behavioral and psychological symptoms for dementia so these are things like agitation um, sundowning, uh, hallucinations, and often these are controlled by medications or nurses have to come and do inter interactions with, with, or they give PRN medications, it's called. So we wanted to look at something that was non-invasive, non-pharmacological. So we created these playlists and we looked at baseline, uh, sort of how often they were needing these meds and, in, and interactions with staff and so forth. And we did this three times a week for 20 minutes um, once a day for 20 minutes or three times a week. And we, we looked at how often these meds and so forth were needed. And many patients, you can't put on headphones because they'll take it off and they'll right. get agitated. Yeah. So we got around that problem by having these parabolic speakers. So parabolic speakers, they direct sound in one direction. So if I were to send it to my, let's say to you, you would hear it, but the person sitting or standing next to you couldn't hear it. It's sort of like being at a crosswalk. And you hear that beep going off. So if you're at the crosswalk, you hear the beep. But if you're away from the crosswalk, you don't hear it. So though, that's an example of parabolic speakers in your community, for example. So that way we got around the headphone issue. And, you know, pre-post that we did cost-benefit analysis. The long and the short of it is when we created these uh, individual playlists, all of these BPSDs decreased, you know, significantly. They were non-invasive, a lot less staff interventions were needed. Patients were a lot happier, calmer, 
um, you know, it's amazing. And, and I got interested in this because my dad, who passed away last February, uh, also, you know, he, he was in, he was in a nursing home. And, uh, well, this is uh, something I should mention. The nursing home is in Shattergate, Quebec. And he ended up in the very same nursing home when I was a, a young lad. I used to put on Christmas volunteer Christmas concerts there with my sister, Kathy, and my cousin, Irene. We would go into our community and, you know, because seniors were often neglected during Christmas and the veterans. And my mother and aunts would bake for them. And you would have like a, it was a nice thing to give to our community. Well, my dad ended up in that nursing home, ironically. So, the, you know, the circle of life goes around. Right, and right. yeah, it always goes around. I, I said, everything's connected somehow in, in the universe. And he, he had developed after stroke um, uh, vascular dementia, which is there's a hundred different types of dementia. Everybody knows about Alzheimer's uh, disease. And, but there is, in fact, a hundred different types and the vascular uh, and the frontal temporal or other types. This is the second most common type. And, uh, you know, he would have these uh, outbursts and, and so forth. And when he was agitated, uh, even if I called him, if I managed to get him on the phone, um, I, I would sing to him some old songs that we used to sing around a campfire, uh, you know, and uh, he, he, would, he would just change. He would start singing and his mood and everything was changed as well. So I used to use music therapy with my dad and I wanted to investigate that clinically. Um, so yeah, I've been doing some research and also on bio beat therapy and, and noise, uh, you know, different types of noise, white noise, well, you know, you know you really just... brown noise and yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. You know, wow. if you even just talk to individuals, you know, again, you're talking brain development and I'm really into, uh, when I was teaching grad courses, <laughs> I, I did a lot on brain development. You know, when you're an adolescent, your brain perforations of gray matter, white matter, mm -hmm. and you're pruning, you're pruning, right? So your adolescence, you train your brain what you like, right? Mm -hmm. And the music you listen to as a teenager, you take with you into adult adulthood. Absolutely. So, you know, and that, in that way, music becomes such a personal thing, you know, that we carry with us. So it's not really a surprise then in later years that it triggers those memories. Yeah. And, and remember that in, in like dementia, first the short-term memory starts to go, what did you eat for lunch? What did you have for breakfast? And then as the disease progresses, the long-term memory starts going. But one of the last, you know, the person might forget their name. They might forget their loved ones, like my mother. Uh, they were married at 61 years and, and on certain days you would he would my mother would because he would my mother would go and visit him every day in a nursing home and bring him you know home cooked food and everything <laughs> took care of him loving love lovingly right to the end uh but he, sometimes he would forget who she was and it was very upsetting to her when we'd come into the room but memories like that will disappear but music is often the very last memory to go it's deep in our brains it and it's deep. very interesting, you know, yeah, yeah it, it is deep and it stays in there. You know, you, you, you look back at certain songs that we, you mentioned as, as a teenager and you can sing the lyrics. You never, you never wrote it down. Think about this. You never wrote down the lyrics. You never studied it like for an exam or something. You never did that, but you can sing every single word for that album or lyric, you know, well into your, 
you know, 90s or even older, you know, and, and people you don't. You haven't heard the song for 10 years. It comes on and boom, you, you know, know it. You know everything. Yeah. So it, it, it stays with us and, and it's very, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing. And, um, you know, I mentioned to students, I did actually uh, two weeks ago a lecture on music and medicine was the name of the, the lecture. And I uh, began by showing the Chinese character for music and happiness and the Chinese, which is 2000 years old, that, that Chinese character. And they're identical. So the Chinese have equated music uh, with happiness and happiness with music. They're identical. But ironically, the character for um, medicine is music with a little line on top and two, and two, ver um, two uh, vertical lines for roots or plants. And traditional Chinese medicine still uses music. You'll see them playing that Chinese violin, that, you know, that two-string violin as part of their interventions. And, you know, the Greeks have been using it. Uh, the Egyptians, the old Egyptians have been using flutes to calm down, to help people with sleep. You know, there's a very, very long history. Uh, if we go to Slovenia, there's a, a cave in Slovenia, very interesting, which is 40 to 70,000 year old flutes that they found Neanderthal. There are cavemen who were making flutes out of this uh, femur, the long bone of, of a bear that they found. So this is the oldest musical instrument in the world is 40 to 70,000 years. So they were playing music. You know, cavemen were already making music. You know, it's just amazing. And uh, we have well, play tablet. You know, music has been around yeah. forever, forever. You know, it's, it's been, been around, around forever. forever. Yeah. Guys and girls have been using music to woo each other for years, <laughs> kind of segueing into uh, some of your music that you've been you, uh, that you've been writing. Um, and uh, again, if you want to tap deep into emotions, you you turn to music. You know, and it sounds like that's what you did with "You're My Beautiful." Yeah. So you know? so yeah. So "You're You're My Beautiful" is a, a song I wrote for my wife Emma. We've been married. Uh, 33, we're going on 33 years and it's her birthday this month coming up. And, uh, you know, we've, and, and in miles, and there's really three milestones that I wanted to celebrate. And, uh, the first one is her birthday. Second one is she actually retired, um, this, this past August, she was a university professor as well, teaching epidemiology. She retired. And, uh, the third one is she's also this, coming month marks her 10th year as a breast cancer survivor as well. Um, so that was the three milestones. So I wanted to write a song as a very special gift from the heart, something you can't buy in a store, right, right, you know, right. something uh, that I wanted to give that has my heart and soul in it and it's music. So I wrote her a song, uh, You Are My Beautiful for, for my wife, Emma. So that, that, that's where that came from. Um, the song's being been picked up by over a thousand radio stations now around the world. It's playing in Europe. It's playing in Africa. It's playing in Australia. Um, it should make the charts, uh, indie charts, uh, next week. It should de de debut. I think it's going to do very well. Uh, it, and it was written with um, Stephen Wrench from uh, Music and Film out in Nashville. Uh, Stephen Wrench did the instrumental, and Wayne. Killis did the productions. Uh, he actually produced the uh, the, the single uh, out there. He mixed it up for the final cut for us. Um, yeah, so it's uh, I, I did the lyrics and the uh, the uh, the storytelling, if you want, the storytelling about how I feel. So it's a 
it's 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 a very uh, special song to me um and uh that and of course you're my beautiful so uh and we have we have the video out as well that we put out and, and it went on vivo this morning as well it was taken up by vivo this morning as well so all right well let's give uh, that a listen to and then we'll go back to nashville okay listen, <laughs> okay listen to you're my beautiful Beautiful, you're my beautiful 
If you're out there watching, let us know that you're watching. You could ask questions, throw in comments. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention at the beginning, uh, uh, Randy, that uh, Molly Cherry Holmes was on the violin there. It was uh, Stephen Wrench who wrote the instrumental and the beautiful guitar that he played, uh, the acoustic guitar. But uh, Molly Cherry Holmes, who's a five-time Grammy nominee, was actually doing the violins on that piece as well. So I, I, I forgot to mention that. Uh, she did a wonderful uh, performance and uh, it pulls at my heartstrings and I hope it pulls at your listeners' heartstrings as well, that song. Yeah. yeah. So you travel a couple times to Nashville. How does this work? Um, well, actually, uh, I for that song, I, I use a studio up in Toronto. Um, so Matt Black Studios. And so I go out into studio. I have a, a small studio in the basement as well for recording. It's basically a converted closet, <laughs> so for the with some with some padding and uh, right. But uh, th this one I wanted to really nail it, so I actually went into studio in in um, in, in in Toronto to uh, to do the vocals for that one. Uh, yeah, but that that's how we work. I usually write something up, uh, in, try to record some tracks, and uh, send it down to Nashville to uh, to mix it up for me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't pretend to be a sound engineer. <laughs> I'm not yeah, bad at it, but you know, leave, leave it to those guys. Those guys are are the experts. So, you know, right. I, I, I do that too. I stick to my strengths. There are things I do really well, and <laughs> other people get a, get the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and this really does sound like a song that really is about the passion. It's deep from the heart, and it is bringing together kind of all of your worlds. Yeah, it's um, again. We've been together for 33 years. Been through a lot. Uh, you know, we almost lost her. Uh, you know, 10 years ago due to cancer, breast cancer, uh, affected. Uh, you know, we have two adult boys now growing. Who's grown up, but uh, you know, it devastated the whole family. So when you have a, a you know, a, a life-threatening condition or disease, it doesn't just in, influence the individual. It has that ripple effect. So it affects everybody. Um, you know, she was very brave. Emma, my wife, and, uh, you know, she announced it to students that uh, she was going in for surgery and treatments and so forth. And a lot of them were very emotional uh, during that time, too. Um, so this this is the anniversary now coming up, you know, for that 10-year survival, that, yeah, the 10-year 10, 10 mark. That In epidemiology, we always do five-year survival, and then the 10 years, the critical one, you know. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a milestone. It's a big, it's a big milestone, yeah. Big one, yeah. big one. So yeah. now you always were listening to country music and enjoying uh, music in general. When did you start 
one of you know one of the you start rocking as a professor i mean or did you rock yeah the, the, yeah the rocking prof came about um the title probably about 10 years ago um so sometimes i would uh you know especially for freshmen as you know when they come in you're in a large lecture hall 150 students you don't know anybody uh you know big auditorium and they feel very intimidated and then I come in, I say, well, I'm going to do a lecture on dementia and music. And then I talk about my dad's connect, for example. So I might begin the lecture by taking out, bringing a guitar case, take it out, play a song. Right away, the, you break down all of that stress and fear, you know, anxiety. Hey, I'm just a regular guy like you, you know, talk to me. It's not that professor or student, you know, you break down all of those barriers um, and then I would, you know, sing a song. I often would do that or show a music video or whatever the case may be. So I became known as the rock and prof. Uh, so it was kind of fun. And, uh, you'll see it on YouTube. I have sometimes when I was associate Dean too, when we had to give a graduation speech during COVID, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't do graduation. So I would, um, you know, rock out a little bit or something on that video for them. Uh, so that, that, that's how the name uh, came about the, uh, the, the rockin' prof. Yeah. So it's, I, I always get a smile when I, when I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so, great stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, um, but you asked about when I got back into songwriting. So, you know, I, uh, in my early years, I mentioned, I used to put on Christmas concerts in my community and that. And then when I was going to college, I had a friend of mine, Danny Arsenault, who unfortunately, uh, Danny passed away in a tragic accident uh, back in 2000. But when we were going to community college, we used to put on, uh, we used to work in coffee houses and bistros and that in Montreal. And we would just play for tips and a free meal or try to impress some girls or whatever the case may be uh, during that time. Um, and, and then life happened, you know, going to school, marriage, kids. Uh, and... Um, I really got back into music during COVID because here in Canada, we had that big lockdown, you know, huge lockdown. Everything was locked down. We couldn't, you couldn't go anywhere in, in the store too. They had, you know, only 10 people out in the store and everybody had to infect their hands and, you know, wear masks and the whole nine yards. It was, it was insane right, for two and a half years. So I had this old guitar downstairs. I hadn't, it was, I said, it's time to dust off the old guitar. So I had this old guitar that I bought when I was 14. It's my very first six string. It's an old country, black country, Western guitar. And I changed I bought some new pegs, uh, you know, the tuners and new strings and everything, fixed it up a little bit and started to play and started to write again. That, that guitar was my first guitar that I bought when I was 14. I, I was doing odd jobs. Uh, to save up for it. I bought it for $50 Canadian at a secondhand store and uh, it was scratched up and everything, but it still plays beautifully. And uh, I was working my uncle's garage, pumping gas, changing tires, oil, cutting lawns in the winter, shoveling snow here in Canada, uh, anything to, to get some money. So it was a lot of money back then <laughs> So for, for a kid. Right, right, right. Yeah, but it was, uh, I still have it. You know, I have some other, other, I learned to play, you know, other instruments, piano and keyboard and accordion and uh, in high school I played some brass instruments like trombone and things um, but I really got back into song people said well you should get your songs like write it up and try to get it out there and this happened during COVID actually with some students encouraging you know put, put some stuff out there and um, 
I connected with Stephen Wrench, who I mentioned out in music and film, and he he's worked with all types of bands and produced all types of platinum albums. I met him on Facebook, ironically, and uh, he said, "Oh, send me a couple of your songs." And he says, "Oh, I might be something there, um, but you need to get into studio to you know to record them properly." You know, I was I was just singing live basically. Um, and he said, no, we have to do this properly. There might be something there. And, uh, you know, to date, we've done, uh, I've done five songs with him and all. And this, this one will, I'm pretty sure will, will, will come on the charts as well. But uh, so far, they've done very well. You know, we've had um, uh, World Indie Music Chart List, Euro Indie, BWNR, uh, the U.S. Top 20 uh, Weekly Charts. Uh, top 20 lists, you know, they've all made the songs that we're going to be playing. I can talk about the the rankings, but they've all done very, very well. Um, so it's, it's really a, a surprise, a blessing. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great gift that somebody's giving me, God has given me, I guess, to share with you guys. And I'm, I'm glad that people are enjoying my music, not just here in Canada and the U S but, you know, around the world, like you, you hear like in South Africa, they're playing, your song or in Germany or something in France. And I said, Oh, wow. You know, or, or Korea, it's not the K-pop. You're listening to country music in Korea. You know, wow, this, is, right. this is, you know, it's not the K-pop guys. You know? <laughs> like they're listening to an old guy like me, you know, like, I'm, so it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So I'm, it's, uh, and it's exciting, you know, where your music can go, you release it and it seems to have a life of its own. That's right. Yeah. Where it's going. Yeah. And, and people connect with it. I, um, you know, on, on social media, you connect with people, uh, you know, in Japan or something, and they do the Google Translate so they can try to get a conversation going. And they say, oh, I really like the lyrics for this one or, uh, you know, and, and that's the good thing about musicians and, and artists in general. Um, I find the community is very, very sharing. Uh, you know, they 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 give you feedback, uh, be it positive and constructive feedback. Um, you know, it's 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 a great community of musicians and artists out there. I, I, I you know, there's there's no one out there to um, I don't put you down or your music down or something. I, I found it so supportive. I was so surprised. Very very well, supportive you know, and encouraging. Yeah. I think indie artists have learned we're better when we band together and support each other and come up with resources for each other. Yeah, because we got to do everything, right? As, as indie right. artists, we have to, you have to write the music, you have to produce the music, all the, you know, a lot of indie artists play multiple instruments, they do multiple right. track recordings, like myself, the vocals, you know, all of those vocal recordings, uh, you know, marketing <laughs> out there. It's uh, it's quite difficult, you know. So you're you're a one man band, you're a one man production artist, you name it. You're a sound engineer, <laughs> you're everything rolled into one, and it's very very difficult, you know. When you have um, you know the established, the big three record companies, uh, you know, for a lot of radio stations too, they they won't want to play your songs, you know. They'll, they'll bar it because they bought up all of these radio stations and. Uh, they have a monopoly on what songs they play. And of course, it's their own artists, own signed artists first. And, uh, you know, it, it's very competitive and very difficult for, for indie artists out there to, to get heard, to hear their voice. And there's so many beautiful voices and, um, you know, different genres as well. I listen to a variety of genres out there. People send me their music and I exchange it on, and on the internet and social media. 
And there's so many gifted artists out there who's just not being heard, unfortunately. You know, I mean, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, well, well, on that vein, let's listen to another one of your songs. Um, Ball and tells me, tell me about Ball and Chain. Yeah, Ball and Chain is kind of an interesting one. Uh, Ball and Chain uh, tells a story about you know it, it, it's kind of a metaphor for being tied down, and so this. Uh, this song actually came, I wrote it over the uh, COVID. It, uh, and it was, it was a weird smell that was a soul that triggered the memory. Sometimes memory can be triggered by smells or sights or certain sounds and so forth. And this one was a certain perfume called opium and, and a Danish. If you take an opium perfume in Danish. So I had this old girlfriend who used to eat Danishes and wear opium. So I don't know, I, somewhere I was in a pharmacy and somebody, I don't know, there was like a, a Danish smell and opium. I said, oh, that reminds me of, I won't mention her name, but some old, old fling. And uh, this, this, this ball and chain is kind of like being tied down and having double standards in a relationship where one is foot free and fancy and the other one wants to have more of a commitment uh, so that's the song, uh, Ball and Chain. Um, it was on the world uh, indie chart list in the June. It was number four. And the Euro Indie Network chart list in June, it hit number six. And it was also on the U.S. Top 20 show, Pulse of Music, uh, number 18. Yeah. Uh, so it, 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 was, it, was, it charted quite well. It's still being played around uh, different radio FM and indie radio stations and satellite radio stations around the world. So um, it's, it's a fun song. It's although sometimes, you know, breaking up in relationships can be difficult. It's very upbeat. It's very positive uh, kind of vibe looking at it. Uh, so that, that's a little bit of background for ball and chain where that's coming from. All right, let's listen.
Broadcasting against seven platforms. This is interactive. We do get to see your comments if you if you want to share them with us. So let us know that you're here. If there are any artists out here who would like to be on the show, um, a, a banner is scrolling on the bottom, randyoneal.com forward slash shows, and it tells you all about applying to the, the to be on here. Uh, and we are being uh, broadcast and produced by Blast Music 24-7. So uh, come join us on the ranch. So now we're back with Dr. Wally, the rockin' prof. And Dr. Randy <laughs> as well. <laughs> That's right. You know, you just blew my cover. There are not many people <laughs> that know that, that I actually do. Um, I had to plug that. I had to plug that. So Yeah, you did. That's it. That's fine. That's fine. And I did a lot of work with um, adolescent addiction. And music was always a big part of connecting with there's someone, you know, the parents would go, you'll never get them to talk. And I'd go, yeah, okay. And I'd have them talking. You talk about music and boom, you know, you speak. It breaks down language. the barrier. Yeah, that's right. And, Barriers. You know, right there. Within half an hour, they're like, I can't get them out of the office. You know, like, <laughs> it's going to be like that. So, and again, it, it formed during those years that you know the teenage years and it's a strong memory that again they carry on you know as adults and you know when i speak to, to classrooms i'd say what do your parents listen to and it's always the same thing they did when you're teenagers so pick wisely right, yeah yeah, yeah. Pick wisely. Right. <laughs> so so what's next for for dr wally Oh well, um, what's what's next on the horizon or the next song? Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're what you're referring to the next song. Well, we can talk correct? about the next song too. Yeah, well, you know, I just want to mention because before we were talking about 
uh, you know, how music has been around for literally, you know, hundreds of, uh, you know, at least 70,000 years that we have records of for the first uh, flute, you know, within that cave in Slovenia called Witch's Cave. Uh, but I, we mentioned the Chinese, but I also wanted to mention the Greeks, uh, God for music and for medicine is Apollo. Isn't He's the God for music and medicine. So, you know, the ancient Greeks, the Egyptians, there was always using music as therapy, like you were using uh, therapy. That, that's what triggered, you know. So music is a way to connect. And it was used, uh, we, we know that music can be used for analgesia as well, uh, you know, for, for dental plants and so forth. If you, if you use music when you're having a dental procedure, you need a lot less anesthesia. So you recover a lot quicker. Music, it's called the music analgesia. And also noise therapy. You know, there's white noise, pink noise, and brown noise. And I know when my, my second son was born, he was uh, had prom sleeping. And when he was a little baby, um, couldn't get him to sleep. And uh, one thing that we did with him was white noise therapy. I would turn on the fan over the stove. And that, that's white noise. You know, any type of the fan for an exhaust fan over the stove. It was that sound. And he would just look. As a, as a small baby and and fall asleep and now if you look at white noise monitors and and, and these devices that are being sold in the past 10 years the white noise sale for these monitors have been for babies for infants have been growing up you know have been exponentially going up and and or there's also pink noise and brown noise uh, pink noise is kind of the middle range brown noise has that more bassy sound uh, you know, people are using it to treat attention deficit disorders and um, ADHD and sleep insomnia. And there's also gray noise uh, that's used for treating conditions, a lot of uh, hearing problems and tinnitus. This is a fancy word of saying ringing in your ears. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're, we're, we're just learning about, you know, everything has frequencies in our universe. Um, everything has, uh, uh, everything is vibrating. Um, our, our earth there's, uh, has a frequency of 7.82 hertz. It's called Schumann's hertz. It starts vibrating. Our universe, has, our universe out there, the cosmos, out in space, it's 432 hertz. So if you listen to things at 432 hertz, it's very calming for us. And uh, we're just starting to understand some of this, you know, some of the clinical applications. So music, uh, you know, it's, it's medicine for the mind. It's medicine for the soul. You know, it's it, it touches us on so many levels, and, uh, well, and I think I think too that it's become so much more accessible. There are apps now that have the different types of noises and green noise that people can use to help sleep. That's you right. Yeah. Apps, you know, like the like breathe and calm and all these great apps that are using music, bilateral music, uh, the vibrations. And letting people kind of explore, you know, what resonates with them and can help them with what they they need. It's just it's accessible. Yeah. So e e even in physics, you know, so we think about physics, and there's they're using uh, sound now to do something called acoustic levitation. So you can use sound to levitate objects. And there's an interesting video I was watching. I showed it to my students uh, in Tibet. There was these. Uh, Tibetan monks who took these 19 trumpets, these really big trumpets are like, you know, 15, 20 feet long trumpets. 
And uh, there was just uh, a researcher out there who was a uh, modern, you know, re recording and lived with among the Tibetans for many, many years. And uh, there is claims that they were able to you know, raise rocks in that uh, in the air using acoustic levitation. And, uh, you know, we can do it in the lab. They can use, like, can levitate droplets and so forth. And even small stones, we can do that in the lab setting. So, you know, we can use frequencies for so many applications and, and we, do, we do know what it is. And in physics, in the quantum level, um, you know, you have atoms and electrons and the smallest particles are something called strings. There's a theory in physics called string theory or M right. theories where they take all these five different string theories and put them all together for M theory. But basically it comes down to there's open strings and closed strings. And everything vibrates, like I said, in our universe. So, you know, we have a heartbeat. Uh, you know, our in our brain, the neurons fire at around five hertz. Everything has a certain frequency, has a certain vibration. And so it's not just the, you know, the guitar strings, the vibration on guitar string or violin. Everything is vibrating. Somehow everything is connected with vibrations. And music, of course, is the hallmark of all types of sounds, right? So, um, you know, and, and, it has, you and it has clinical value, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think even on music, like when you're picking guitar, mm -hmm. what guitar resonates with you? You you pick up in a, you know, they might sound very similar, but I really think you're finding the guitar that's literally resonating on your level. Yeah, I, I see Billy wrote, um, I use white noise for sleep. And I mentioned that one with my, you know, my when my son was a baby. My, my older son, he's a fourth year university student. He uses brown noise. Um, so, so brown noise, um, it's even deeper and stronger. It's similar to a hard, gentle surf of an ocean that accompanies a storm. It's a little bit harder, but they, they've been using these. It's about six decibels, uh, octaves, uh, wind or waves crashing onto shore, um, you know, ADHD, um, you know, so all, all, all of this, and, 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 and I mentioned the white noise frequency, uh, you know, those monitors, the sales have been going up. So these are non-pharmacological interventions. They're not pills. We don't become dependent on these pharmaceutical products. Um, it's non-invasive. There are no side effects, literally. And why, you know, using something like white noise, like, like Billy mentioned, he uses white noise uh, to sleep. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a great way to go, you know, instead of using drugs to fall asleep or something, you know, it's, and it's not addictive. You don't become addicted to noise, you know, it's these difference, but we're only starting. This is really in its infancy. We're only starting to rediscover, you know, music as medicine. Um, it's, it's, it's the whole history of it fascinates me and, and the applications that we see coming out now, some of the clinical application really in its infancy. You know, we, I think the next 10 years will be uh, fascinating to see where all of this grows. You know, bioral beats is another one. And, and a bioral beat is um, sort of this auditory uh, hallucination where if you have, let's say, 310 in one ear and 300 in another, um, the, the, you create this, uh, the difference between 310 and 300 is 10 hertz. Well, the human hearing is only from 20 to 20,000 hertz. So it creates this auditory illusion. And we, we were first talking about these, um, you know, uh, when it becomes in sync, when it's played over time, it, it becomes in sync with your brain waves. 
So it can actually alter brain activities and different levels uh, of, of arousal uh, as, as well. And, and some of this, uh, you know, this bioral beat therapy, there's some clinical evidence that it can um, alter insulin levels. It could decrease anxiety and stress. Dopamine levels shoot up. Uh, psychomotor performance improves. Uh, you know, improve memory, decreases pain levels. There, there's so many clinical applications that are that are being uh, explored now. You know, with with, with, with something like that, um, that we haven't even we're, we're just beginning to understand. You know, right. so we we we, we, we and, and this bioral beat therapy was back in 19... I was just going to say, it's, it's, the first time it was discovered was a guy called um, Heinrich Dove back in 1839. And they didn't have headphones back then, so he used tuning forks. And he was the first one uh, to, uh, to talk about these bioral beats. And he said it could be used for diagnosing Parkinson's disease and, uh, and some other clinical applications. But the first published article was in Scientific American. American in 73 by a guy called Gerald Oster and uh, auditory beats in the brain was the name of that particular article. Uh, so it's 1973 and nobody has really touched it. It's only being rediscovered now, you know, all of this and white noise monitors and, and uh, you know, brown noise and, and so forth. Uh, you know, we're just starting to, to use it and people are starting because of the internet, as you mentioned, yeah. You know, as a, as yeah. a platform for getting the information out there. People say, well, I, I really don't want to get addicted to sleeping pills. What can I do to fall asleep that I, I won't get addicted to? There's no side effects. You know, I'll try white noise. For some people, pink noise. And there's green noise. There's different noises and brown noise for others. See what works for you. And if it does, great. You know, helps you to sleep, gets lowers your stress levels and so forth. Use them, okay. you know, use them. Yeah. So what we're going to do now is we're going to get back to the music. We're going to listen to the uh, last video and all those lines called Come Together. Yeah, yeah, it's called, yeah, it's called Three Come Together. So yeah, actually this morning it uh, hit number three on the uh, Euro Indie uh, Network chart list. And it was uh, number eight uh, back in the world indie. It was also not on the U.S. top 20, hit number 21 in the U.S. top 20. Uh, but this morning, uh, Euro Indie number three, like I said, country music's playing in Europe as well, right? <laughs> they love France and Germany and Belgium. They love country yeah. music, and and there's a you know, they have they have country music stations in England and you know all over Europe, which I'm really glad to hear about. And uh, so three three come together is uh, it's kind of a a lighthearted song, and it tells the story of a guy who's again kind of going back to my cabin days up, up, up north and uh, up in Laurentians in Quebec, where everything seems to be going wrong for the guy. You know, he has a boss who makes him work until his hands, uh, you know, are, are to the bone and you know, working, working all day. And then he gets a flat tire on his truck, you know, and, uh, and his cabin starts leaking. All of that doesn't matter. You know, he said, what, let's look at the simple things in life and be optimistic. What are the simple things in life that make you happy it's cold beer whiskey and a pretty girl and when you get those three to come together life gets better so that's that that's 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 sort of the thief behind three come together all <laughs> so right let's give it a listen don't worry about those other things <laughs>
Dr. Wally, Dr. Wally, you have two two minutes to tell us where you're going next, where we can find your work. What's going? Yeah. What's next for you? Yeah, well, I'm I'm on all the social platforms. Uh, I mean, you name it, I'm on it. 
you know, Twitter and Facebook and you name it, uh, I'm on it, uh, Sound, SoundCloud and Spotify for my music. Um, I'm on a YouTube channel. I, I'm on Vivo. I have a, a eight or nine videos on Vivo as well now. Uh, and I'm pretty happy about Vivo too because they're very picky about videos. And I, I do all the video productions myself. So I used to do photography as a, as a hobby. And I was happy that they <laughs> do all these productions myself, I guess, you know, putting together lectures and that over the years, I, I've learned a thing or two. So I was pretty happy about that, uh, that yeah. I managed to get it up on, uh, up, up on Vivo. Uh, but now um, continue to write songs. I'm planning to retire next, uh, next summer and devote some more time, uh, you know, to my music and uh, more, more time to write and uh, uh, do some more traveling with my wife, Emma. We, want to, we visited 28 countries only, so we want to visit at least another 28. And every time when you travel around, I like to listen to different musics in that, in that environment, and you pick up all types of cool things, especially street musicians. I love to listen to street musicians and, and buskers and, uh, you know, things like that. And, uh, you pick up all types of neat sounds and vibes, so that's why I, I like to travel as well. And hopefully, you know, incorporate some of that back in, in into my music, and uh, you know, just have fun with it. Really, have fun with it. Um, you know, in, enjoy writing. I, I'm working on an album called Timeless right now, so I'm hoping to get that together. And I think I have nine, uh, nine songs, nine or ten songs now. So I still have a few more to write for you know that magic number twelve, as you know, for an album. Uh, but I have some older songs that I have written before that I want to rework get it out properly you know in the studio and that and uh um yeah so you know i, I just i just want to have fun doing it enjoy it i'm really happy that people are picking it up like i mentioned around the world uh you know in places that we don't we think of country music we think of the states right and you don't even know like canada yes we love country music and then you say europe the europeans and you know the these chart listings that i mentioned this is not just for country music. This is all genre. So you're you're going, you know, against hip hop and rap and all those pop, K-pops and everything else out there. Okay. So as an indie artist, as a country indie artist, you know, to be on that chart, first of all, it's an honor and it's a privilege. Uh, but it's it's really good because people are connecting with country music around the world. Around the world. So, and I, you know, really that's want... beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to thank you for being on the show. Mm -hmm. um, uh, spending your time you've been on the ranch uh again uh if you, any artists want to be on the show it's randyoneal.com forward slash shows and we'll catch you next week at the same time thank you very much yeah thanks for having us yeah i'm on the road don't know where it goes